May these words of my mouth and this meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. For those of you I got wet, you can feel pretty good about it because I got wet too. I didn't mean to get myself wet. And I'm going to tell a story on my son who's here. I'm not going to point to him. <clears throat> He's now just finished his junior year in college, but when we used to go to Suwannee for Easter, when he was very young, as they would asperge when they left, that was his favorite part of the entire service, and he would run to the edge of the aisle and stand there like this, just waiting to be doused. It's one of my favorite, favorite visuals, and now he's thinking I'm never coming to church when my mother's preaching again. <laughs> In my first year here, when we were all getting to know one another and figure out who we were meant to be in this new relationship of clergy and community, it was a wonderful time, sometimes called the honeymoon period. Y'all were very kind and gracious. And after our Dreaming Together conference that we held that first October, of 2017, Richard and Broderick and I heard from you all how you see yourselves, who you are truly, and who you want to be. We asked you how we could companion you and encourage you in your vision for the future of St. John's. One thing you said you wanted, and it was overwhelming, three services on Sunday, only two in the morning, and this one in the evening. You wanted to feel more like a community in worship. Done, and fabulously so. You were right, and oh so wise. Mornings are full and it's increased attendance at each of the three services, including this one, and created a more profound sense of oneness. You told us you wanted to explore how to be a more open and inclusive community, how to welcome people and make a difference in the community outside these walls. You also told us that you wanted to live more deeply into your identity as a parish. That yes, we are a cathedral for the bishop and diocese of Colorado, but we spend most of our time as a set community of folks who worship and fellowship together on a weekly basis. That sounded great, and I believed you all until the bishop announced his retirement. And all of that changed. How could we be just a parish? There was so much the diocese needed us to do as a cathedral. As the cathedral of the Diocese of Colorado, we have been put to work this past year. We hosted convocation in the fall and an electing convention. We held a luncheon here on Friday as a result of that convention. 
with presiding Bishop Michael Curry, and I always cringe when people say this, but I'm going to do it anyway, comma, of royal wedding fame, comma, <laughs> because, oh, he is so much more than that. Because Bishop Kim was ordained and consecrated here in our church yesterday. This nave was filled with lay people and clergy from all over our state. There wasn't an empty seat. And we were filled with bishops and clergy and friends from all over the country. It was incredible, truly. Richard and Broderick have been working with the bishop's office on the details of this weekend for over a year. And it showed the entire thing went off without a hitch. The staff of St. John's was working in all hands on deck mode for the past week. But they're not the only ones. And this is where our identity as a parish is such a gift to our role as a cathedral. Dozens upon dozens upon dozens, many of you who are right in here tonight, were involved in all of it. Ushers, acolytes, vergers, altar guild, musicians, folks who volunteered to be on a security team, others who were on a medical response team, folks who planned every detail and decoration for the various receptions, folks who offered hospitality, not just to the VIPs, and there were many, but to anyone who walked through our doors. And the flowers, just look. A team of our folks were in that chilly flower room, and it is cold in there, arranging for days. I couldn't believe the delivery truck just kept coming, and this man would walk in with these huge boxes on top of his head, and mistakenly, I once said, hey, do you need some help? He's like, oh, I know just where I'm going. He'd been here that many times. We did not hire an outside florist. Our own people did this with their own talent and creativity out of love and devotion to this place, this diocese, our new bishop, and to the glory of God. I often say that St. John's has an embarrassment of riches. Our people, our incredible, selfless, faithful, talented, and devoted people. An embarrassment of riches, indeed. St. John's identity as a parish has folks working together to do amazing things as a cathedral. There was a great deal of hard work to pull all of this off, including Bishop Kim's seating this morning. But there was an equal measure of laughter, cooperation, and fellowship. So knowing deeply that that is who we are, how do we look at the days ahead? We just elected and consecrated our first bishop who is a woman. 
She also happens to be our first African-American bishop. A deacon from our diocese proclaimed the gospel at the crossing on Saturday afternoon in Spanish. Bishop Kim said a portion of the Eucharistic prayer in Spanish. Saturday and every day that follows does not look like the days that preceded Saturday. Something profound has changed. Saturday's preacher was the very Reverend Lodgely Brown Douglas, Dean of Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary. She was incredible. I am in hopes that a recording of her sermon will soon be up on our website or the diocesan website, and I would encourage you to go and look for it. It was powerful. She spoke to this very change, a change that is sweeping not just across Colorado, but across the entire Episcopal Church. She exhorted us to see the change, embrace the change, and move with it. And at the same time, we need to recognize that while it's a change for us, it is actually joining in the work that Jesus has been doing all along. This Jesus movement is a powerful thing. And now I promise I'm coming to my tie-in with tonight's scripture. But I did just want to tell you all about the amazing days preceding. In this reading from Acts, Peter is being questioned for his time among the Gentiles. He is being criticized for viewing them as worthy equals, for dining with them. In today's terms, he gave them a place at the table. He tells his critics of his vision, his dream, in which God showed him that all of the rules he lived by were of his own making. They were not imposed by God. God breaks down barriers. God does not build walls. In this dream, God showed Peter that the Holy Spirit moves where it will. And the Judean believers could not harness it, tame it, and they certainly could not keep it for themselves. Peter said to them, If God gave them the same gift he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Peter invited them to dream together about what their community could be. We have shown that we have all of the resources and all of the gifts in embarrassment of riches to show radical hospitality to our own, to the people of the Episcopal Church in Colorado. We have the manpower, we have the energy, the creativity, and the desire to share our space, to welcome to include those outside of our parish. Dream with me.
Can you imagine if we used even a fraction of that energy to welcome those who might be new to the Episcopal way of worship, who might just wander in on any given Sunday? If we were even more intentional about inviting and welcoming those who look different than we do and may speak differently than we do. Saturday showed me that we are capable of doing this. And while some of us might appreciate a nap before we tackle the next project, let us not be stingy with the gifts we as St. John's have been given. This embarrassment of riches. If God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who are we? Could we stand in God's way? <laughs>